Right, you lot, I've got a quick favour to ask before we get into today's episode. It turns out that most of you guys that tune in don't actually follow the show. And whilst I'm so grateful that you guys are here, if you hit that follow button, it will really help the show to grow, but also for us to reach others that need it as well. So pretty please with a cherry on top. And quick disclaimer, I am not a qualified therapist. I am not a doctor. The Thrive of Lois podcast is for educational entertainment purposes only. So please listen and take the advice at your own risk. Hey, it's your bestie Lo. Welcome to Thrive with Lois, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself and to thrive in all areas of your life. You're here because you want to grow inside and out. So are you ready? Let's thrive together. Today I am joined by a pretty regular guest on the podcast, Naida Allen, who I've had the pleasure of recording two podcasts with previously. And today she is here to join me for another. And she is honestly one of the most amazing entrepreneurs that I know. She is a unicorn, (laughs) a woman of very many talents, and she is currently taking on the LinkedIn world by storm she's you know she's amplifying amplifying voices for women in business on linkedin and she's just incredible so naida oh welcome back thank you for having me god we should have had some kleenex on here i feel like i need to pat my eyes dry it's a lovely intro thank you for coming back third time i know you're actually my most featured podcast guest well what can i say that's it well we always have so much to talk about and I feel you always have so much value to give Mm. and when you and I sit down and have a conversation we always just talk and talk and talk and talk I feel our conversations that aren't recorded on screen could be podcast episodes so I just thought we have to do another episode because yeah Uh 100% and also we have to christen the new studio Mm. so you know we have to make this happen but I do think that if we had a mic or a camera following us around and recording all of our conversations we would probably go viral Mm. because some of the stuff that we've come out with like you also give so much value and I feel like that's why your intro was really heartfelt because I admire you so much in business and I think that's part of one of the reasons why we got on so well because we have the emotional understanding of entrepreneurship but also we help each other like there's no gatekeeping we don't look at each other and feel jealousy which I think there is that sense that sometimes comes with being Mm. an entrepreneur but also we are really great friends and yeah I admire you and love you so much (laughs) stop it I need some tissues now (laughs) it's it's so lovely because like you said I think a lot of the time in business people think you know you have to they you have to be competing against Mm. one another and don't get me wrong like a little little bit of healthy competition Mm. you know it can be good for business and it can help you drive but there's actually nothing better than women supporting each Mm -hmm. other and succeeding together and thriving I think you know with entrepreneurship there's enough business out there for everybody so it's nice to have a friend like yourself where we can sit down and bounce off each other and 
kind of just share ideas all the time and help yeah. each other because we've got obviously very different um we've got very different things to offer mm-hmm. and skills which we can kind of transfer and hopefully we'll be able to transfer some of those today to our audience and, and give so yeah. as an entrepreneur you know all about setbacks learning growing I think it's definitely part of the process as an entrepreneur mm. what is something that you have learned whether it be a setback or something that you've just learned within your business <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> um, that's a really good question. And firstly, I think setbacks are really important in business and I tend not to shy away from them. And actually, I enjoy going through a setback. And I know that sounds really weird, but majorly it's because you learn so much more from that as opposed to what you're doing well. And in entrepreneurship, there's no real right or wrong in what you're doing and everyone is doing things differently even when we sit down there's like we lift each other up like you said like we have different business models slightly we have different strengths but we can learn from each other and I think one of my biggest setbacks in business was actually working with brands and with clients that actually weren't aligned with my values and ignoring red flags from the beginning in order to get business, to start, I have my, say my strength and my weakness is my ability to help people. I want to help people. Um, not like a God complex, but I like to coach people into being better because I see their potential and oftentimes they don't. So in doing so, I think I often jump for opportunities rather than think about how is this going to affect me? How is this going to boost me in business? Is this something that I want to do long term? And you kind of fall into this trap. So I think I've had previous relationships with clients that, you know, test me. (laughs) But equally, I've learned a lot from. So I'm glad for that because now I know what to spot and what I want to work with. And that's led me to now. I know that I want to work one to one with women in business. So founders solopreneurs creatives and I want to help them amplify their voices on LinkedIn because I'm tired of seeing the same shit on my social media I'm tired of seeing people praise friggin Jeff Bezos Elon Musk like all of those predictable figures I want to hear the women who have won and who have succeeded and who are still continuing to succeed despite their failure because failure is important and setbacks happen. You can't avoid them, so you may as well just embrace them. So all of that to say, it's been a windy road to lead me to where I am now. So I'm grateful for that, I think. What about you? I think for me, probably actually very similar to what you're saying is working with brands or working with clients that weren't aligned with my business Mm. and I think it comes into that people pleasing Mm. aspect of I am a fixer I am a helper I want to fix and I want to help everyone so if somebody's coming to me with this grand idea that they're really excited about or they want me to be on board with or you know somebody that comes to me and needs help you know I will 
just want to jump the gun and help that person that's just a trait that's my personality Mm -hmm. without kind of considering as you said whether it aligns with me and my and my business and I think there's definitely I've learned to put better boundaries in place to say no to things Mm -hmm. that don't align with me and I think to focus on focus on my own brand because there's been a lot of times that I've been presented with opportunities or I've taken on board opportunities which actually were filling into other businesses cups building other brands as opposed to myself so I had a situation where um must be a within the last couple of years I was presented with an opportunity Mm. to become a coach at a gym and Mm. at the time it was something that I really wanted to do Mm -hmm. and I was very immersed in the community at the gym so I wanted to do it and it was something that was I, I could see myself you know really thriving with but I started the course to become a coach there mm. and the more that time went on the more that I realized I'm going to now have to represent that brand mm. their brand rather than my own brand and then it becomes like a time and energy question right it's yeah. not that you're incapable of doing it it's that you then end up filling in the spot for someone else's dream mm-hmm. and you kind of get sidetracked by it because yeah. it sounds like a fun opportunity because you think about this could elevate me this could bring me business blah 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 and it has this like devil temptation to it it's like that is adam even the apple and you're just enticed by it mm. but the more you think about it the more you're like hold on that's going to distract me from what I want to do. I fall into the same trap and I'm currently in a mini trap like that and I'm working my way out of it. um, Essentially, I have my own bespoke boutique agency, but a lot of people have the same thing, which is fine. Business is business. And we like we said earlier, friendly competition. So they reached out to me, another agency. They focus specifically on business to business um, and they asked me to be one of their copywriters and I thought cool and I accepted it on the basis of I kind of need I kind of need a bit more money like contrary to popular belief you work online and you're not making seven figures just like want to put that out there just because you work online and you portray yourself and your brand and your business as premium doesn't mean that you're not hustling and I feel like that's the distinction like I think I work on average like eight to ten hours a day sometimes weekends and I'm not saying that to promote like burnout or hustle culture it's just because I have to because the type of work I'm doing can't really be automated and that then led me into accepting some work because a couple of my clients haven't paid me from the last month so this is another issue another setback right and I'm working on how I can now automate that to make it better. But that meant I had to take on some work with this other agency and I'm not loving it. It's not making me wake up going, woo, I'm actually like, how can I get out of this? How can I get out of this contract? And it's very loose, like it's fine. But it is one of those things where I've now realised they're doing something very similar to me. It's now distracting me because I'm spending X amount of hours on this project when I should be investing in my socials, when I should be 
using that time to think about how I can win another client over and make it high ticket when, you know, I've just accepted something on the basis of this seems like a good opportunity, but actually it's just, you learn a lot, like you learn a lot from other people's processes and stuff, but sometimes it is a distraction. I wonder why there's that distraction. You know what I mean? Like, is that because you're, you're, you're fearing the next step and you're like procrastinating almost, or is it a case of like, you kind of blinded by the illusion of something more? And you think that you're not giving yourself that. If that doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense, definitely. It's interesting that you said your clients haven't paid you. Mm. Because Ooh. if you go into a shop, oh. you don't just walk out with the item and be like, I'm going to pay you later. Yeah. Or you don't go into a shop and go, can I have a discount? Mm-hmm. So it really... I can never get my head around why... People don't pay small businesses on time mm. or why they ask for discounts or mm. why they miss payments because those small businesses have bills to pay mm. as well. Mm. You know, they've got overheads. They've got things that they need to pay each month. Mm. If you're working for, if you get a paycheck each month, you're set, you're, you know, you know what date your money is coming in. Mm-hmm. But if you are self-employed, you most likely won't know how much money you'll have a rough idea Mm. but that's on the proviso that your clients will pay your bit that will pay on time on time so I can just never I can never understand why people do that Mm. and I had a very similar situation when I worked as a PC I would do the PT sessions with people and mm. they say, oh, I forgot the money, I forgot the cash, <laughs> can I transfer you it? And I'd be like, absolutely fine. Two weeks later, still hadn't transferred me the money and mm. it's fine, like people forget sometimes, we're all busy, but it would be the same people forgetting mm. all the time mm. and it would be the same people that would ask me for discounts or would ask for free sessions mm. and I would be like... I'm putting in the time and energy Mm. and the work so I feel it is a bit disrespectful Mm -hmm. to ask for discounts especially when you are receiving a service um, usually a premium bespoke service Mm -hmm. so it's very interesting what are you doing to work through that currently? Oh good question well I think it's hard because as you said earlier like we do want to help people and I am a forgiving person but I know people that will just cut off their services like say for example a client hasn't paid they'll go cool well I'll just discontinue like I won't give you any work until you give me the money. I think that's great. And I, I need to channel that that is boss energy that's great. because that's the, that's the boundary you're setting that's the yeah. standard you're setting and I need to raise the bar. I it, it should be unforgivable as you said going into a Tesco shop and saying hi can I just take this away don't worry I'll pay you back next month maybe. <laughs> you would never you, you'd get bloody fr- thrown into prison like that's all I you know picked up by the cops so the same way as our clients like you can't just go around saying oh I forgot to put your invoice through well why it's a monthly invoice yeah that's weird like (laughs) that's suspect I find that strange it's like it's not like it's out of the blue so I think now the process that I'm putting into place is like 
I am trying to automate it, but also I'm trying to be more firm. Like I'm saying, like, you know, I, I do chase sometimes. I'm like, when is this going to be paid? Or I sometimes use the excuse and I found like this has really worked wonders. My accountant needs them to know the information so that they can process it through to HMRC. They don't know. They don't know shit. But they're like, oh, HMRC. And as soon as you bring another organisation in, they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll get this over to you right away. Done. The amount of times that has worked for me. Serious. It's annoying that I've had to resort to that. that You've had to do that. I know. It should just be that there's a level of respect for you as a business owner and your services and the great work that you do. You know, the least you can do is just pay you for your work on time. I'm like such a guilty person. Like if I know I know I owe someone money, I can't sleep at night. Like imagine doing that to a business like... This is how we pay our bills. This is how we fund our livelihoods. This is how we go to the shops and pay for our food. Like, it's not fun and games. So that's why I find it really odd behaviour when it's like, you know that the client has probably had that those same issues before. Like, say, for example, even if they're not an entrepreneur, there have probably been times in the past where their employer forgot to pay them or underpaid them and they have to chase that up. So the same rules apply. But yeah, I am trying to look at ways to automate it. But I think a lot of the platforms now, like Stripe, PayPal, they take such a disgusting service fee. And then how like how you then incorporate that into your price to the client is hard to like almost negotiate sometimes. You know what I mean? Like I have to add a 15% fee yeah. because otherwise... I'm not going to actually get this money. And then also 30% of it goes to tax. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like... It's it's really tough. I use Stripe. Mm. Previously, I would just do bank transfers. Yeah, yeah. And Stripe is easy because, like you said, it's just an automated thing that, you know, mm. the money just will come out and you can set your client up as a subscriber. So mm. the money that you... if Say if it's a recurring payment that they pay each month, they can you can set them up as a subscriber and then it can just come out automatically, which is fine. But I did look back when I was doing my taxes, I looked back on the amount that came out as fees. Oh. And I was like, that really stings. Gut-wrenching, isn't it? Like, really stings. So I've actually been considering myself different options. Mm. But because I know that I sometimes can be a little bit forgetful i'm like you know what's the realistically is me sending out invoices to each and every one of my clients is that going to be is that really going to work and then you've got the issue of they then they might then have to like manually pay Mm. that to say if they're doing a transfer or whatever Mm. then they've got to like transfer that Mm -hmm. And then it goes back to what we were saying, that stress of people not paying. So I'm kind of like, yeah, they take a disgusting fee, but I don't have that stress of having to chase people up. True. And also making it easy for them to pay as well, right? It's easy for you because it's less mental energy, easy for them because it's like one click. So I definitely agree on that extent. I I think QuickBooks... This is all part of the fun of entrepreneurship. You're always testing out new systems, like how you can change things. And like I said, no right or wrong, like it's what works for you. So I currently do send out manual invoices, but I also only work with a select amount of clients per month. Like I have maybe three or four because they are more high ticket 
and more of my energy goes into that. Whereas I don't know how many you have per month, but I match like let's say it's in the ballpark of like what maybe fifteen plus, maybe yeah, more? so around about twenty. Yeah, yeah, so that is warranted for an automate. Mm. I feel warranted for automated tools because you're not going to sit there and chase people up at random different points of the yeah. month, right? Because everyone signs on at a different. It's not yeah. always first of June, of course, or like. And now I've delayed. got the. Now I have the coaching that's launching as well the group coaching yeah of course there's there's more people that are jumping on that so there's 20 spaces for that Ooh. so get on that by the way yeah well actually by the time that this episode airs the first launch will be it will actually be the day after <gasps> so it'll be too late sorry you snooze you lose if you haven't if you haven't been looking on my instagram <laughs> if you haven't seen the posts about thrive tribe like you, you've just missed out but keep your eyes peeled because you there will be opportunities in the future to join the group coaching yeah. program which is going to be fucking amazing by the way see this is fun because you've now launched a new service like you've mm. had the one-to-one for so long yeah. going from like full floor pt online one-to-one now into groups i can makes business quite fun i feel mm. as well because you're learning how can i monopolize my skills better so that I can help more people because like you are one person at the end of the day so it's really cool to see this like new layer of service because like also makes you a bit buzzy when like more people want to join yeah I'm so excited like so so excited for it and I think there's been so many people that recently have dropped me a message and said Lois I really want to work with you but I can't afford one-to-one coaching Mm. which you know understandable we are in a cross of living crisis you're telling me um so having the membership is the way that i can still give value to Mm. people um at a lower ticket which is you know amazing and that's Mm. the thing i think one thing i've learned is um i think you have to build a solid offer first so for example i don't think i would have succeeded in business as well as I had if I had gone straight in with the membership. As in this new membership Yeah, model. so if yeah. I'd gone in with like membership, the mm. group coaching first, because I feel like you have to build a really high, ta- high ticket, high value offer, which does come with the price of it becomes a little bit more time consuming mm. for you as a business owner and you kind of are putting in more mm. which with the membership obviously I'm going to be putting in a lot of time and energy and effort to set it up mm. um, and when it runs I will be putting energy into it but it will not be mm. the same amount of like communication that I have like with yeah, my one to one clients you know for example mm. so it's going to be easier for me to manage um so it's more like self run for yeah. example so like yeah. I think having your 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 base layer so you're having having your first really high value ticket offer mm. and then building from there you know like whether it be that you're going to launch an ebook or whether mm. it be that you're going to launch a membership or or something like that yeah having the foundation mm. is so important i think i did you sent me that link for the alex hormozy mm. course and yeah i've i went about 75 percent of the way through 
unreal value like genuinely that if you are starting a business and you have no idea how to set your rates I wish I'd had this last year because I went in fumbling I was like googling how much should I charge per hour do I charge per hour do I charge per project what do I want to give what services do I want to provide for people I offered everything under the sun like in terms of copywriting (laughs) um for like ebooks blogs like social posts um content creation all of this stuff and I had no idea how to charge it nor did I really know what I wanted to do and again this is another level of setback one the offer formulation but also the other part of it was what do I want to do what do I enjoy doing because yeah okay I'm good at writing but do I want to work with brands do I want to work with people like that's another element like I don't really want to work with big brands I didn't really want to buy line to say that I've worked with Oatly I don't know why that just doesn't really fuel me but different people so then I scaled back over the last year of okay I definitely prefer LinkedIn posts I definitely like helping people build a personal brand I've built my own maybe I can help other people do that too based on the knowledge that I've curated and still though the offer part like how much value do you give to that person because we don't see it sometimes is value Mm. do you know what I mean I was talking about this to another person in business and they were saying oh for this product and service also in online coaching I'm going to charge 150 pound per month and I was like dude that's that's not premium like that's Mm. actually very low and like you have 13 years of experience as a coach and PT on the floor you've got all of these skills not only in biomechanics like body you've got also you've done a whole training library for people like you've you've provided so much value you've got ebooks for people that they couldn't even find on google like you can definitely charge more and they were blown they were like I don't understand how and then it reflected on me because I was like lol doing the same thing I'm undercharging myself based on the fact that I don't think I'm giving enough value when actually I'm giving so much it's just so hard to compare it and also to then sell it mm. like this it's the sales skills that you really need in business yeah. like negotiation sales get on that first before you do anything it's just knowing your worth though as well yeah, I think true. you know if you are charging lower rates it might be that deep down there's an element of imposter syndrome because mm. I know previously when my rates have been a lot lower and I've worked with business coaches who have said what take up your prices yeah and I've gone, oh, you sure? Like, I'm mm. just not sure. Like, you know, although I know that I'm an incredible coach and mm. I've got lots of experience, there was that element of, oh, I just, I, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, what if people don't pay it? But the reality is, like, there is so many people out there. Mm. Some people will see your worth. Some people won't want to pay your prices. Um, but it's about finding the clients the people out there that will pay your prices you know Mm. I think um if there's somebody out there that you you jump on a call with and they say oh you know like I can't afford it um they either don't see the value in what Mm. you have to offer Mm. yeah or they genuinely can't afford it Mm. so I think it's you know you're gonna get so many people out there like this is a thing isn't it it's 
I think there's so many people out there that we forget this there's so many potential clients out there Mm -hmm. and I think I used to go into that I used to go into calls with potential um clients with this mindset of like you know if they didn't sign up I would kind of internalize that a little bit reflection of and I'd be like oh no like you know but the reality is, like, you're not going to be for everyone. Exactly. Uh, some people just won't see the value in what you've got to offer yet, mm. or they just might not be ready, or they just might not be able to afford it, you know? A hundred percent. And also, who do you want to work with? Like, you're qualifying them to see if they're a good fit for you as much as you could be for them. And if people can't sign up based on the fact of money, or they can't see the value, or whatever, that's probably because they are not the right person to work with you like if you you can't be for everybody and that's why there is a price point sometimes based on like experience qualifications like your level of investment like your time energy like it's all gonna have a part to play but equally you want to fend off the people that are going to be your problem clients, mm. that are going to be the ones that are chasing you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There are people that are difficult to work with sometimes. And I think that's just people just in general, isn't it? You know, I think it's hard because at the end of the day, the work that we're doing in service-based businesses, like we are still humans and we're, we're working with other humans. And that means that you have emotional expectations to manage as well as your deliverables. And sometimes there's only so much that you can do and I think this is again where the value comes from like it's great to have your testimonials and your social proof and everything that you've managed to do for people but that always comes back down to you so when someone's grilling you or someone's like oh I haven't seen the results that I wanted to see it's like well I'm not a miracle worker and that's where the element of 50 50 comes in like but I think people forget that though I yeah. think they some people think that when they sign up for a service that you know they're going to get instant results mm. and you know it's like you said 50 50 you've got to take on board what your coach or whoever it is that's running the service mm. that's been provided to you you've got to take on board what they're saying and apply mm. it yourself it's like me saying to a client okay, this is your nutritional guidelines. This is your training plan. Yeah. These are your habits. Mm. Please check in on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then they do absolutely none of that. And then they turn around to me 12 weeks later and say, I'm so upset because I haven't got any results. Yeah. And I'd say, well, have you done this? Have you done mm. this? Have you done this? You know, it does come back to that 50-50. It does. And it's so hard to like recognise that as well detaching yourself that that wasn't your fault Mm. and I think in business like you just want to do the best you want to be the best you can you want to show up for people and it's gutting when it doesn't work out but you're not going to have a 100% success rate which is fine and that is an acceptance and nine times out of ten you are having success like you are making a difference in people's lives you are helping them you're doing what you set out to do it's just recognizing again that value that you're bringing so that you can show up for yourself but also for other people and remember that there are others who would never stop working with you and they would sing your praises and that's where you know referrals are going to come from and you probably don't need to do as much marketing and things like that because you're scaling but as long as you just stick to your guns 
and work on elements where it went wrong like I'm sure having people in the past who maybe didn't do the workouts like that probably made you think okay wonder why like how could I made that better yeah. can I move this to an app based solution rather than PDFs how can I make this easier so that they log in and then and they're inspired and motivated to work out note that not always you will be motivated but how can you make this easier like how can you systemize your check-ins like there's always things that you're learning from that and I've done the same and I've adapted it like um especially like for example with LinkedIn engagement is a big thing and if you don't know how to engage like interact with other people's posts or um, send out personalized connection requests and things like that you're not gonna see the same results by posting and ghosting you need a community and that's with anything social if you have a social media brand you won't get away with just posting because people will get bored of you saying me 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 like yeah it has to it's, it's collaborative it's interactive it is social media for a reason um so what I've learned is okay I can write effective copy for people but why do they not want to engage like what is it about that so then when we had I, I started instilling monthly check-ins after that I was like how can I help you and that's an add-on this isn't it part of my service but I'm like, how can I help you get the results that you want? Like, what what are you doing? So I can pinpoint where it's going wrong. So um, so rather than me go, the copy was shit. I failed. It's all my fault. That's why. It's actually like, where can we look into what you're doing daily and where we can elevate those points? So a lot of my clients don't enjoy engaging. They don't like it. It's it is time consuming. Sometimes if you don't know how to assist, like make it more effective and more efficient so I can see okay like you only engaged for 10 minutes a day like what happened there and then they go into it and I have these forms where I can look in and say okay so posts were fine it was just that this is what we now need to work Mm -hmm. on so now I'll give them tips I'm like this is what's worked for me this is how you can do it templates so that they're like how do I send out a personalised request? I'm like, well, just kind of follow this format and adjust each time, personalise it slightly to the to the um, connection or the person that you want to make a relationship with, blah, blah, blah. And you just learn from from that. And it's it's seeing that element of it evolve over time because, and this then comes back into rates and offers, right? Because at one point you were charging X amount of money, but now you're like, oh, I've actually upgraded this so much where at first it was just this and I was like yeah I'm just providing posts or I'm just providing one-to-one coaching but now I'm giving them meal plans I'm giving them Mm. insight I'm giving them regular check-in messages Um, and it's always like you're adding 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 curve isn't it It it's always like you said kind of trying to offer a solution to the problems that are faced you know and I think that's why feedback forms are super important you know I have a form that I send out to clients when they finish working with me and I also send them like a life after me pdf so that Mm. they have like some kind of information to follow but I always ask you know what did you enjoy about the coaching what didn't you enjoy is Mm. there anything you feel could be improved because I want to tailor to absolutely everyone Mm. you know like yourself you know you care about getting the results for people so it's Mm. like okay well if these things aren't being done if these are the roadblocks that you are being faced with how Mm. can I put systems in place Mm. in the future to make sure that if I come across hurt like these obstacles with a 
potential future client mm. um you know making sure that those systems are in place for, yeah. for those people as well yeah it's actually crazy isn't it though to think about so when I first started my coaching my one-to-one online guess how much I charged for a month double figures or triple just guess um it's gonna shock me isn't it oh well I'll do mine if you do yours <laughs> um okay I'm gonna go gonna go um a hundred pound a month bearing in mind I used to charge 45 pounds for a one-off PT session okay 50 pounds a month month. oh (laughs) this is back in 2020 so obviously I was working as a PT gym shark I had that huge knowledge of you know coaching yeah um but because i was new to the online mm-hmm. world i kind of felt like a bit of an imposter i was like and i will i'll hold my hand up i was fucking winging it <laughs> when i first started <laughs> yeah fair. because i literally got thrown into the deep end because we got put into lockdown gyms yeah. got shut so i was like literally overnight i was like right okay i need to take my pt business online yeah literally there was no like i couldn't even sit down and think and put a game plan in place yeah. it was like we're going yeah um and I remember putting some stories up on Insta, like yeah I'm offering like one-to-one coaching like 50 pounds <laughs> bet people hard, leaped <laughs> hard, no hardly anybody oh. signed up to start with it was initially I transferred my I transferred my existing clients over oh I so see. I had a I had a big client base mm-hmm. face like face to face PT yeah and I transferred all of them over to online and I was advertising on social media for my online coaching and at this point I had a kind of social presence but I had not been engaging on Mm. that platform because I was the face of a gym so I didn't need to have an online presence Mm -hmm. I was very much I was so fucking busy all the time I had no time to put into my social media so every now and then I would post on my grid post but it would be a shitty photo with like a shitty caption yeah um and then obviously like we gyms got shot and I think there was probably a disconnect there like my audience probably didn't really trust me at the time because Mm -hmm. they didn't really know me because I wasn't really showing up Mm. but also because I think I think initially a lot of people didn't really know how long we was going to be in lockdown for. So it was like, well, like, you know, and then a month later it snowballed. Mm. But because I was charging £50. (laughs) And then when I took my prices up to 100 I was like, oh my God, I'm charging 100 I know. And then I've just obviously like continuously upped and upped and upped and upped my prices. And now I look at my prices and I'm like, fucking hell yeah like, i'm charging loads compared to what i used to but it's because i have so much expertise yes yeah. i i get people results mm-hmm. i have so much to offer so damn straight that's what i'm gonna be charging yeah girl yes yeah. absolutely 100 percent. and also it's like having those milestone moments like mm. initially i bet 50 pounds I was like I can't be charging that and then you get comfortable with that price point because of the value you're giving it's not that you're just going I'm going to increase like you're actually it's legitimately I'm increasing this because I know that I'm putting in the hours putting the work getting results people are happy and also you might um, your books might be 
a lot more like congested. So you're like, okay, I need to, uh, I feel my time and resources are limited, so therefore prices will spike a bit. But then you get to the 100 point and you're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then you get comfortable with that again because you're like, oh, I'm still yeah. providing all this value. And then you increase, and then think when you have a strong case to be charging X amount, but also when you compare it with like an industry rate of what other people doing, which is why I think it's just important to talk about it. Like people get funny about money in business and there's this like scarcity mindset behind it of like, oh, I can't, like, how can I charge this? Like, I, I can't believe that like people are making this much money. And again, it's just value. Mm. So like, what are you going to guarantee them? Because if you're working with a client for, from my perspective and also like sidetracking, this is why it's important to build a personal brand. Like the reason you struggled at that first point right was because you weren't are active on socials that were like having you yeah. didn't have that much of a community and now you've built up a strong bold reputation people know who you're about so there is that credibility there's that trust i would feel weird offering linkedin services ghostwriting and personal branding if i hadn't done it myself yeah i'd feel weird but also i'm responsible for my brand like LinkedIn don't own what I do. They're not telling me what to write. I'm a creator on that platform. So I'm showing up for me. So my word of mouth, my referrals, my proof is also that I've built that brand online. And that's going to follow me and, ca- and I'll carry that. So if I transition into a different role or a different business, I've still got this community of people who are like my fans. Not in that sense, but... Who Ooh, we support? <laughs> the crowd goes wild. We love you. <laughs> Foam finger. Um, but there's people there that believe in me, and equally I believe in them. So I'm supporting them. They're supporting me. There's a that, you know you never know who you're gonna meet, right? Like mm-hmm. there could be someone that you actually want to start a business with, but all because you've focused on building yourself up online. Yeah. And I think that is one of the most epic ways that you can start using social media like don't use it for comparison like try and actually elevate your skills on on a platform so that you actually use it as a cv like cvs are kind of dead but if you can showcase so say you're going for a social media role um and you're like oh actually i've built my own page to 10k and i love creating reels here's my here's my my page like Mm. amazing value and like you can start anything from a hobby as well um that was a massive tangent i went it no, where no, do we i love from? we love tangents we love tangents i can't remember what it, i transitioned oh, I onto. to thinking back to maybe it's back to offers and race oh yeah like gatekeeping rates and like not talking about them when actually if you just start comfortably speaking about what other people are doing and like where you sit in that sphere then it will actually give you a stronger point to mm. start. Because otherwise, yeah, you are shooting in the dark, but equally, like, you're going to have different skills. So you need to, like, finesse what is going to work for you and also yeah. the clients that you're attracting. Because if you're attracting clients that by you writing, for example, for me, 12 posts for them, but their average order value is 1.5K per lead, but I'm only charging, like, 750 for the month they've got double the ROI. So you could increase your prices based on, well, if I can bring them in X amount of money, a certain percentage of that should also funnel down to me. Because like, like, otherwise, it's 
cheap. Like imagine, like they every lead is five k, and they get like and you're charging like two hundred pounds. Yeah. They'd be laughing. Got, that's <laughs> it. It's just like knowing your worth, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's just not undervaluing yourself because I think when you do charge a lower rate and undervalue yourself people don't take you seriously they won't take your service seriously they'll take the piss those will be the people that mess you about don't pay on time Mm. ask for discounts you know and as a result you then may feel undervalued you might lose that spark for the work that you're doing true you know um i know that i went for a patch of i I give so much to my clients Mm. and I went through a patch of like thinking like I don't get paid enough for this Mm. I don't I don't I don't charge enough for what I'm offering Mm -hmm. and that's when I changed my prices and since changing my prices I was like okay actually like I feel like 10 times better yeah because I'm like you know I know I know my worth. So but light bulb moment. That's it, light yeah. bulb moment, 100%. But I, the mistake that I see a lot of entrepreneurs make is that comparison piece of like comparing themselves, yeah. comparing themselves to other businesses or creators out there mm. when you could be focusing on yourself, you could be focusing on your business, your brand. And I think the most important things that you should be doing when it comes to building up a brand is building that Mm. community, building authority and giving value, Mm. being real and relatable Mm. and social proof. Yeah. Showing people what you have to offer, how you help people, how you you solve problems, Mm. you know, because that's what people want. They Mm. want you to solve their problems be that person that's going to help them yeah so rather than focusing on what everyone else is doing yeah focus on absolutely nailing those four things yeah that is the chef's kiss of personal branding <laughs> and also- mama mia <laughs> i think as well comparison really does suck it out of you like from not only like what you think success is, but who you're idolizing. Like social media isn't the whole picture. It's fake, girl. It's fake. <laughs> Everyone's posting their wins. Everyone's mm. posting their you know triumphs, and that's great. We mm. need to celebrate those. But nobody's posting the clients that they've lost that no. month. Nobody's yeah. posting the debt that they have. Mm. Nobody's posting um, their figures this month compared to mm. last month. Exactly. You know, and I think a lot of it comes down to wanting to put this version of themselves mm. online or wanting to be you know, this authority Mm. figure. And, you know, admittedly, in the past, I have not... I mean, I think, you know, your social media is your social media Mm. at the end of the day. And it's normal to post on Instagram your highs, right? Yeah, It is normal. Mm. But it's, I think, going back to the four most important things, like, being relatable mm. and actually being real is like really important now and that doesn't mean that you have to like share your whole yeah. you know everything that's going down but 
to paint a picture of something that is completely different, like so far from the truth. Mm. There was a lady that I worked with previously, a business coach, Mm. who said that one of her business coaches had put something on her Instagram story. So it must have been like from like two years prior. Mm -hmm. It was like a screenshot this coach had sent to her coach saying oh my god I made this amount of money this month like thank you so much for your help like this Mm -hmm. that the other and this coach posted this screenshot two years down the line same screenshot saying this is what my client's done this week you know and it still is social proof because it's true it has happened and you have helped that person Mm. but to put something on there and say oh this is from my client this week you know it's yeah it's um not it's a bit sneaky it's unethical it's unethical it's, unethical. it's unprofessional <laughs> it's unprofessional <laughs> yeah i mean it's hard though because it's like as you say they've obviously won that result and great but equally it still has to be recent like are you mm. still providing the same service actually saying that though recently there has been like i've posted up some client um results on my Mm. instagram page like Mm. some some photos and those have been clients that i've worked with previously and i'm not working with currently but i've repurposed that content purely because I've started the Thrive of Lois page mm. and I wanted to put it all on there. So I do feel a little bit hypocritical now I've said that. No, I But think I feel because, like it's a little bit different yeah. because I'm not saying... No, no, it's different because you're adding an element of this is what I've done in the past and this is why I'm launching this now. Right, yeah. Like the history behind it. You made me feel a bit better about that now. I, I was like, oh my God, I'm such a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> I think like... I. Honestly, when you're starting a new service, you need social proof for it to grow. Yeah. Because if you're just going to launch something, there has to be a reason behind why you're doing that now. So you have results where it's like, this is why I'm doing it and this is what you're going to get. And you can be like these people, it's just in a group setting. So it's not as though you're devaluing anything and having those testimonials is a reason why you get them like you go through the graph to get those testimonials like it's sometimes quite hard to get that from from clients as well because we're all busy so you know to have like a really strong case study regardless of like when it happened as long as it's like fairly recent it like you know there is there's a loophole essentially Mm. as but and I think that's what happens when you're launching new products all the time. You you want more of a, this is my character and this is what I've done previously. So this is why you should jump on board. Yeah. So it's speaking to you, again, the brand, the relatability, the authenticity, the credibility and funnels down. Don't worry. I got you back, girl. <laughs> Thanks, girl. Have you ever had a what the fuck moment in business like? you felt like you were at the lowest of the lows in your business Mm. and you've bounced back from that? Does this morning count? Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Several times. I feel like, again, people would be lying if they said they didn't. Like, you're always going to have these moments of, shit, like, can I do this? Should I be doing this? 
do I jump back into the nine to five? Like, it's not easy. And entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. And I have had a few moments in the past where I've reached severe burnout. And I get burnout easily because I work really hard and I enjoy working. But also it means that I overprovide sometimes and then I kind of get overwhelmed by what I need to be doing in a day. So the time management goes out the window. Like I end up working late in, at night to make up for the fact that I got distracted earlier on and then I have to schedule my socials I have to do all this other stuff and no one sees this right like I don't boast about this anywhere because I have to maintain some sort of decorum to be like everything's fine <laughs> like, meanwhile like the fire is burning um but I think I got to a point in my business I think it's the same for you where I was like oh is this really what I want to be doing and it was honestly because I wasn't working with the right people um I was working with a couple of brands that I had a different impression of when I first started working with them and then over time I was like we are fundamentally different and that's fine but I'm not the right person to work with you and I can recommend some other people but it demotivated me because I felt like I was stuck and I didn't really know where I wanted to go. I couldn't see what I wanted to be in five years time I couldn't see if this was a long-term goal and I can tell you now that I'm not going to be doing this for the next five years because things always reach their end point but there's always going to be room for evolution and I don't mind that and I've embraced that because I like evolving I can't stay stuck in doing the same thing because I get bored and equally there's going to be another tool that comes out or another social media platform we're going to have to learn how to use that and you're going to have to adapt and transfer those skills so at the moment yeah I do LinkedIn ghostwriting and I help people build their personal brands but I can also transition that into consulting for another social media platform mm. and I think it's addressing like what do you really like doing and I was um on a flight I was going to see my my nana in Norway and I was really having this moment of like something is just not clicking and it's frustrating me and I've got this I've got a business coach who is helping me decloud the brain and then I was just sat on this plane where I gave myself the weekend to go you're not doing any work you're not bringing your laptop with you and you're going to sit in this discomfort of guilt because you think you should be working and you're going to find out what you should be focusing your time and your business on and how you want it to grow and where you see it going. And I was just on this plane, I was like twiddling my thumbs. I was like, oh my God, like what do I do with myself? And that's when the light bulb moment came. And it was, you want to help women. You don't want to work with men. So why are you doing that? You want to work with founders and creatives and solopreneurs, but you also want to work with people who inspire you, but also how you can amplify them. And you want to be a source, a resource to them because they don't have time to do what you're doing. So that's how you, you're going to provide value. You also want to bounce ideas off with people. Like you want to connect. Like you spend a lot of time working one-to-one -one with people. So you want to learn from them as much as they learn from you. 
and I pivoted. I was like, okay, we are gonna we're gonna have to go in hard, hard and fast. And that's when I made a quite a rash decision, depending on how you look at it. But I reached out to the clients that I was no longer vibing with and I sent them a two week notice and I said, Look, it's been great working with you, but I am pivoting. Business is going in a different direction and unfortunately I won't be able to work with you and I felt relief I was like shit me like it took this it a setback again because it meant that my income for that month was lower it meant I had to like go back on the grind like completely change my content process my marketing strategy everything and I was like look it's gonna have to happen because long-term gains for a short-term breakdown (laughs) that's what that was my mantra and it's worked out I feel more content in what I'm doing. Um, I know where I want to go. Um, everything I'm doing now is, at the moment, I'm doing it more done for you service, but I'm going to be doing it into a done with you and teaching and coaching because that's where I know my skill set lies. Like I like helping people, I like coaching, but equally, I think there's much much more value in helping someone do it themselves. Mm. Like, for example, like you don't want to be working all the time with the women in and your clients like they should get to a point where they feel confident and comfortable right and that's where like the sales cycle continues and like you're always going to be recruiting new people because then you can help more people and that's the same for me it's like I will do it for you if you have absolutely no time nor the interest or whatever but for the people that actually do want coaching they are gonna absolutely thrive because the knowledge that this brain has oh gosh like that's what I want to share with people and it's much more fun when you see that person winning and they're doing it themselves it's kind of like giving people training wheels on a bike and then they take them off and you're like oh I'm so proud like that's the level I want to be at there's a quote and I really can't remember who said it but it's something along the lines of like the more people that you genuinely help, the better the world is so that your purpose in this world is to help as many people as you can. Whatever realm that's in, Mm. that's why you're here. And I mean, we all have like existential crisis and we're like, gosh, like, where do I go from here? Like, where am I going to be in five, 10 years time? Like, is this forever? Like, what do I want to be doing with my life? And there aren't really answers to that sometimes because you're at different phases each time and that's when even when you have a job or a career or like regardless of entrepreneur nine to five worker regardless of what that career spectrum is that will be changing I think because we just have so many opportunities now as well and it will change because your mindset is growing like you're not going to be the same person so you might not want to be doing the same thing and also you are going to probably get a bit bored um equally if you like structure then that's great because you can see where you want to go but there should be no shame in like this career pivoting and changing your services and like growing with that because it's what's going to help you show up and like Mm -hmm. give you a reason to show up because otherwise like you don't want to be crawling to your laptop like oh here we go again like it's just not a vibe like it's not what life's for so I think yeah embracing change embracing setbacks and knowing that it's 
all there for a reason, even though at the time you just want to open a bottle of wine and cry. <laughs> Welcome to the world of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Chin chin. Yeah, definitely. I think there's lots of highs and lows that comes with entrepreneurship, but yeah. the most important thing is to ride the waves mm. you know you're gonna have the wave some... be a tsunami but yeah <laughs> yeah you you're you you might have some months where you lose a load of clients you might have some months where your income isn't as high as mm. it was previously um but don't panic because you can build it up as quickly yeah. as you did before yeah so i think it is it does just come with being an entrepreneur doesn't it you know definitely going through those those phases and evolving mm. you know like you said if you're get, if you've got to a point where you feel stuck or it's just you're not enjoying it anymore or mm. things aren't aligning or mm. you need to you know see your worth a bit more you can take control of mm. your business and make the changes yeah. you know there's, there's no point sitting in it wallowing mm-hmm. oh where is me yeah like, get your ass into gear yeah and change things if take ownership take yeah. ownership of like it you are in control it. like you don't actually like have to wait for, for a change to happen like you can and it's scary like you don't want to disappoint people right like when i was cutting some ties with relationships i was like gosh like i really don't want to one ruin the relationship that we've spent time building on two I don't want like a bad referral like I don't want them to feel that negatively but they don't because they get it they're like they're proud of you as much as it's not like you're saying to them you're a dickhead I don't want to work for you anymore it's literally just saying this is what's changing with my business yeah I need to prioritize this moving forward for my brand and Mm -hmm. this is the crack exactly well said like exactly just it. use that <laughs> yeah see ya <laughs> yeah. Bang. See you <laughs> but it's been so lovely to have a little chat today and yeah. thank you for as always sharing your incredible insight into to business is there any is there anything that you'd like to add before we finish up the pod today um not sure i guess like if you are having if you need a breakthrough moment um and you don't know what you want to be doing with your business or your job, sit down and write, what are your skills? What are your values? How can you monetize those skills? What can you offer? And think about how you can provide value for people, but also what's going to bring you joy and make sure it all kind of ties together. Because that's what I did when I was having a little bit of a stuck moment. I was trying to think about what do I genuinely enjoy? What do I want to do less of? Like, can I outsource those elements? Like, and also it just helps you kind of pave the way. And don't worry for now about like those financial goals or those like milestones in business. Just think about what is going to actually relight that fire yeah definitely thank you so so much for joining me today it was fabulous to have a little chat and um for everyone listening where can they find you on social media so if you want all the tea um naida allen on linkedin and then the brand is the right way so w-r-i-t-e punny um because we do personal branding the right way (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I Flex. Love it. <laughs> but yeah, so see you there and join the community. 
make sure you go and head over to Naida's socials and give her a little follow thank you so much my love oh thank you pleasure as always I think this is our best one actually yeah. I think this is an enjoyable one love you bye love you bye bye <laughs> Thank you.